never dance to this. I'm going to be the only one dancing. Because I'll stop. Because you're a musical person. You're too. <laughs> Excuse me? You're trying to call me black? You're trying to call me black? Welcome to the Post Show Podcast. I'm Jamar Nelson. I'm Patwin Lawrence. Of BRBD. Yes. So you got to say that a lot, Patwin. Got to get used no, to it. No, that'll be a tongue tie. BRBD? Yeah, yeah. Well, then, no, I get tongue tied saying black Republican, black Democrat. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot to say. Yeah. I had, I forgot what someone said the other day when I, because I wear my t shirt that Pat would never wear. And if you too want a t shirt, you, know you can <laughs> reach out to me. And for $9.95, a black Republican black t shirt can be yours. Today, I'm wearing my mother's love t shirt, though. I'm proudly oh, nice. repping my mother's love t shirt, which is a uh, nonprofit work that I do on the side. We uh, patrol downtown. I was just on the news last week because, unfortunately, last Sunday. Oh, the shooting. There was a shooting. Yeah. Uh, I, I should say a triple shooting because there was three. Uh, oh. Uh, there were three. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. There were three uh, victims, and two unfortunately oh. died. Oh yeah. And okay. so yeah, um, yeah. when I arrived, I was on my way to church Sunday morning when I got the call, and uh, ride to the scene. And uh, you know, man, you, I don't care how much uh, you know you've been through it before, and how much training you get or whatever. Uh, it that's probably my computer dying. Um, you. You can never be prepared to see a family fall apart when they mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. see their loved one or been told that their loved one is dead. And I got some more training to do because I made the mistake of telling the loved one how the uh, telling the mom how he died mm. in, in the manner. And uh, so part of my training, you know, you learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know that that's not what I should be doing because you know we're consoling mm-hmm. the family. Oh, and they fell apart. After they asked me, and I told them, mm-hmm. "Dude, yeah, mm, I had to walk away because mm-hmm. you know I, man, yeah, my son is sixteen. But you guys, my son is sixteen, and the the victims were no more than eighteen. One of them had just turned eighteen. Mm. So, and the, yeah, because in fact, I think the 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 assailant is nineteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so man, I think about my son all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because. I, I, I just yeah. can't. I just can't imagine, and I, I see her now. Just, I get a little emotional talking about it because it really it yeah, rocked yeah, me, man. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And um, when I seen uh, Lisa Clemens, um, she's uh she's the the founder of no uh, of of um, a mother's love. Thank you. <laughs> uh, she was man. Um, you should Google uh, Channel 5's coverage of uh, what happened. I think you look at shooting Sunday night, and you'll see the while the photographer was there. I, I'm sorry, guys. I know this was your time. Uh, while the cameraman was there, an assailant drove by in a in a, in a vehicle mm. uh, with other dudes in there, and a car. For, uh, he parked about mm. a block away, mm-hmm. got out mm. with a weapon, and brandish it, walking down the block towards us. A, a scene, a crime scene where there's sheriff, police officers. He got out of the vehicle, walking down the block with his gun. I'm like, wait a minute, this can't be real. What are we in Chicago? Mm. This is, this is, this was happening. And so this is, you know, we gotta, which actually goes back to what we're saying because at state level, this is what we gotta do because we can't let this be the norm mm-hmm. for communities of color. Yeah, that. There, there, be, there could be no such thing of eradicating gun violence. We've got to do something to eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does start with not being uh, partisan on coming up with some type of 
uh, of what well, I'm gonna say um, gun control, but I don't think that's the word I want to use. But no. you know, uh, what's a nice um, um, weapons legislation uh, uh, would be? Yeah, whatever. We've got to do something. You know, we've got to take everybody. Got to take your your D hat off and your R hat off, and look at these families and say, what do we do to to to, to stop some of this suffering? Do you have an idea? I do. Um, I think now again, you know, partly as a Democrat or as the Republican, and then partly as you know the military and familiar with weapons and all those things. It's uh, obviously I'm going to take a more Second Amendment approach because. We went around with Maj Ture. Did you meet him when oh, you Oh, absolutely. He's been on our show. Yeah, Maj is great. He comes around with uh, Black Guns Matter. So yep. he talks about how black people need to protect arm themselves. themselves yeah. Right, arm mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and know their rights. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody needs to do. That's and that's how gun violence is going to go down. Because the biggest thing is that when Democrats keep talking about taking away our guns and banning guns, this already happened to the Native American community. They took our weapons and then shot us in the back because they said that they were going to protect us. But let mm-hmm. me push back on that. What I... I because Republicans say that. I don't hear Democrats saying we're going to take your weapons away versus we're saying we need to come up with more stringent gun laws. Listen, there are laws in the books, but they're not being enforced. And then sometimes right. there are loopholes in those laws, so they need to be more created. we got to take the Parson hat off and say that. Republicans won't even say that there needs to be new laws created. Would you be for a creation of a new law that, that if you knew that it honed in on a specific area to uh, eradicate a some type of gun violence. Would you be for a new law? Yes, but it's what you're saying about it's not creating new laws. It's about enforcing the laws that are already but there. The laws that is there. What if again? There's loopholes in those. Like the, at the at the gun show, uh, how you, you don't need to uh, you don't check my ID or you check my ID, but there's no background checks at an uh, uh, at a gun show, and then private gun sales. I, I don't I don't want to be Big Brother. Okay, that's you know that's. That's the conservative Democrat. Uh, no, hey, do. don't, don't get mad. No, but, that's- but that's the conservative Democrat in me. I don't want to be big brother. But I also, I look, I live in a community where gun violence is rising, especially in the summertime. Right. Which, again, the problem is that there is no law that can get around it. Because then you're talking about, you know, 3D weapons came out. So mm-hmm. what? Now you're going to make new laws for those. You mentioned private gun sales. There's no way you can come up with every background check in the world. I can still leave here and go sell a gun to somebody out in my car and... Why, you know, what do I have to do for the government there? Or what mm-hmm. can the government do to yeah. stop me or prevent that? That's right. A lot of the legal gun sales come from home robberies. So, honestly, it's a lot more about preventative law enforcement of let's stop home robberies so that mm-hmm. legal gun owners aren't having, having right. their weapons stolen by criminals who are trying to acquire Our education, gun. gun education, where those guns should be locked up. Exactly, right. Safe. Better education and... Better, you know, you want to talk about gun shows, the loopholes are starting to go away. Plus, more and more gun shows are handing out gun locks and doing discounts on gun safes and doing all sorts of incentives to try to say, yes, you can get these guns and we're going to show you all the cool, fancy stuff. But we're also going to give you some really great safety tips and some Mm -hmm. great tools so that you can use them properly. Mm -hmm. Mike? Yeah. I mean, absolutely more education. That matters. But I'm, I'm not willing to throw up my hands and say there's nothing we can do. Uh, at the legislative level, and I really think background checks on all guns, if you buy a gun, there's a background check, is incredibly common sense. 90% of Minnesotans support background yes. checks on all guns. You can't get 9 in 10 people to agree <laughs> on just about anything in politics. I know, right? uh, and so, I mean, I really think that's one that we should be able to take our partisan hat off. We're not talking about taking anyone's gun away. We're just talking about if you buy a gun, 
there's a background check. Right? Exactly. Again, but that and, already exists, so just enforce it. We okay, don't need then, more laws. Okay, but when we talk about when we the, right. when we look at how President Clinton and the three strike laws. And how different laws interpret that, that how you have different laws mm-hmm. interpret, how, excuse me, different states interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is, some of these laws, to me, I, Pat and I go back and forth, to me, were enacted to prevent people of color from owning these weapons. 100%. We, okay, so then those laws do need to be changed because there's, there, again, if a law was created with the, as my uncle would say, the disclusion, I know there's no such thing, <laughs> but the non inclusion of people of color. Those laws were that are not applicable to me, right? So then I need a law that helps my community specifically. And we're not trying to take away guns. I grew up around guns before we the rights were legal. Always. We used to shoot them around for the July. Yep. Yeah. That's all you need to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Seriously. So yep. I, I I think everybody should has the right to own a gun, but then when it comes to People like now, Trump just uh, this week uh, signed uh, through executive order. He eliminated the fact that if you're mentally incapacitated, you you now can own a weapon. That's dangerous. And I, on that point, I mean, another thing that I I feel like it, it should be common sense is red flag laws. Yes. When you look at some of the mass shootings that have happened, mm-hmm. where there's clear uh, signals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and there's other states that are moving this direction that have some of these laws uh, that um, would allow family members or uh, public safety officers, you know, to uh, report folks that mm-hmm. are a danger to themselves or mm-hmm. others. And boy, in Minnesota, this isn't just about people doing harm to other people. It's about people doing harm to themselves. Yeah, we have a suicide absolutely. by gun problem yeah. in this country. And I think some of those uh, red flag laws. And clearly, you have to be careful about that. I mean, because then you you are talking about taking a gun away from right. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there needs to be uh, a level of due process. But yes. to me, it's it's a common sense uh, thing that we need to look at as a means of safety. I think it'll save lives. But can we agree seriously? Everybody had off. Can we agree that some people don't? It's a right. But then some people abuse it and don't deserve that right anymore to own a weapon. Can we just say that honestly? Can we I'd not? Agree. Doesn't make you doesn't yeah. make you yeah. uh, uh, a bad Democrat, Nobody bad Republican. With that. No, but, but who it's gets not it, said enough though? Who it's, decides it's though? That's the question. Well, I think that, that so again, he's talking about your family or your friends or a police officer can decide. We're talking about legislatures can decide who in your world would decide who is not allowed to have a gun. I think that I'm okay with the courts and the legislators doing it. Uh, again, I just want to make sure I, we need to be at the table when you're enacting mm-hmm. these laws, right. and when you do, right. I, we just need those people of color need to be at the law or at the table. Yeah. Because again, I don't want felons to get guns, or I don't mm-hmm. want. Um, and I've been accused of domestic violence. You know, I, I I have a past, and so I don't think because I've been um, convicted of domestic violence, especially we need to look at the degrees of it. Because mm-hmm. if you're talking about fifth degree, uh, domestic violence could be between you and a cousin. It's family, uh, domestic violence mm-hmm. at that yeah. level, it can be relative. Yeah. Yeah. So now, because me and my cousin got into a fight because we both were drinking, I can't own a gun anymore. So the law already, so the government already does take away guns. Mm-hmm. It's not Democrats. The government already does take away your rights, just like they take away voting rights. So, mm-hmm. that's again, another thing we had to fix too is felony voting. We got to fix Yeah, but I said that mm-hmm. at the start too. Just, uh, the laws are already there. You just said it too. Just they're already there. We're just not enacting them. We're not enacting them right. Yeah, so, again, yeah. there should be some level of, I agree too, or rehabilitation or time mm-hmm. where, again, you had that's your right. stuff, you know. Again, but then you went to rehab, you got sober, you got, you know, whatever, and proved that your life turned around. 
then yeah, clean slate. Yep. But same with voting rights. It's the same thing. You right. go to jail like yes. felons. You Absolutely. go to jail, you did your time, you should and be able to vote. Thank you for saying that because today at the Open Streets event, mm -hmm. there was a get out the vote, um, black get out the vote mm -hmm. efforts. And so I was walking with uh, one of the ladies that was registering. There were so many felons that we ran into. There was a lady, a lady mm -hmm. that had been off of papers for 20 years mm -hmm. and had not voted because mm -hmm. she didn't know she could vote. And I'm looking like, mm -hmm. huh? You, yeah. you didn't know that? Wow. But now I have to give uh, uh, the corrections facility a little bit of credit. Mm -hmm. Now there's a letter that is supposed to be uh, that once you're off papers mm -hmm. issued to you to reinstate your rights, mm -hmm. tell you that you have that. But just in case they don't, mm -hmm. for the record, if you're a felon, if you're off a of paper, probation, uh, what is it, probation, um, what's the other one? Um, because uh, there's two different things. There's parole. Parole. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. If you're off of those two, mm -hmm. you can vote again, even as a felon. Just because you're a felon doesn't mean you cannot vote. And that big myth was uh, just perpetuated. And so it's confusing okay. for folks. It yeah, is. Know, it, it should be more crystal clear to folks. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, how do we change that? Then? Well, and not only that, but they're not meeting people where they are. So you're talking about because yeah, I, I work in substance abuse. So, again, we work with people who are transient and who are mm -hmm. going through rehab and trying to fix their lives. So when you're talking about, I mailed you out a letter. Well, you went to jail <laughs> with a totally different address yeah. five years ago yeah. than what you have today. So they're, they're going, what? We mailed you a letter. We tried. And you're going, I, I never saw I, it. I didn't think, no, I didn't think right. of that, though. But yeah. they still blame you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're in this day and age of technology, there's no reason that they can't find you. Or that, yeah. you know, you can't figure out where people are to give them good news. To say, hey, guess what? You get to vote yeah. again. Hey, guess what? You're off parole. And... They they don't do they don't even try. I'm gonna it's, give you I'm gonna give you guys what I should have done in the minute of the show, but I love the debate we were having. Um, let me give you some uh, closing statements. Um, Mark, ah, jeez, you know I'm black. <laughs> Mike, y'all look the same. Uh, I know, right? You all, oh, damn it. <laughs> She's making it hard. I'm telling you. Um, uh, give us two minutes of synopsis of why people and and 50A should be voting for. Mike Howard. Sure. Thank you. Well, thanks for the, the time, and thanks, Kirsten. Uh, you know, I uh, have, I'm running for the Minnesota House because I really believe that our politics can be a positive force for good. Um, I believe that since uh, working as an intern on Senator Paul Wellstone's campaign oh, in college. Oh, my God. He's a Wellstone, since, so am I. You know, uh, I mean, it's really, that's kind of the values that I want to bring to the job. You know, lead with your values. Uh, organize, organize in a community, and, and give uh, regular folks a voice and fight hard and be willing to stand up for something. Uh, and I think when you look at what's going on at the Capitol today and in our state, we have to do a better job. Uh, there's too many decisions that are happening behind closed doors. Uh, there's too much uh, bickering that's about trying to beat up the other side and win the next election versus actually getting things done. Um, and I want to be someone that uh, brings both my experience in my community at the Capitol and just fight for people. Um, and so a couple of those things, uh, we mentioned housing throughout the day. That's a top priority. There's uh, folks throughout Richfield in my time on the council that I've seen be displaced from uh, their homes. And when we talk about uh, what that does for children to be displaced from their homes in the middle of the school, school year, mm -hmm. I really believe that housing uh, is in so many ways at the center uh, of a lot of our challenges. And if, if you don't have a quality, safe, dependable place to live, then you don't have much else. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to uh, prioritize there and fight there and invite our community to step up. Uh, and more than anything, I want to be someone who's responsive and will work hard for our community. Uh, 
Richfield, uh, my wife and I and our three-year-old love our city in Richfield, love this area of the state, and there's so much pride in our community. And I want to be someone who will, will work hard and provide an opportunity for our community to have a voice. Thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> yeah, um, Dan, again, thank you guys, too. Uh, I think it goes a lot to what Patwin said way at the start of just, again, getting away from just party politics. So the reason that I'm running is because I am a Republican, but I'm not a traditional Republican. I'm not just straight party line. I'm not going rank and file anything. I'm not establishment. I don't work here. I'm Republican because I'm low taxes, low regulation. And that's something that can benefit all of us. And that's every ethnicity. That's every economic level. That's Republicans and Democrats. That is the reason that I am a Republican. But then the things that I want to change about our party are, again, making sure that representation matters and opening that door to let people in and spearheading it and doing the hard work right now to say that if I can do it as a single mom with two jobs and everything else going against me, that anybody else can do it. And it's about meeting people where they are, which, again, I feel like our politicians at every level have done a terrible job of. They're saying, well, just call us. You're just come to my office. You're just right. Look how available I am from you know, 2 to 4 p.m. Right. at the Capitol. <laughs> Why aren't y'all coming in? Because <laughs> I'm at work. Yeah, exactly. So, again, it's meeting people where they are, which is what I've been doing in the community for decades. Uh, I mean, since I was in Bloomington, you know, as a volunteer high school student, and what I've been doing ever since I set Ruts in Richfield of just going to where people are, finding innovative ideas to create communities online or create communities in free spaces or in community spaces at restaurants, wherever I go. And that's something that I would absolutely, that's going to your question of if you lose, what are you going to keep doing? I'm going to keep doing what I've always done, which is volunteer, work my ass off, and stay involved exactly where I am for my community. Word. Oh, All man, right. I like that. Wow. They both sound great. They do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you got a choice. November 6th, yeah. man, you got a, oh. you got a Democrat, a Wellstone. See, I, see, you know, yeah. he's a Wellstone. So I was I. I worked for Wellstone, too. That was my first campaign. Anyway, uh, Mike. Kirsten, thank you guys so much. We appreciate thank that you. very much. You guys really keep work, keep the good work up. Keep working your buns off, and one of you guys is going to win, right? That's right. Or the independent will sneak up. Yeah, no. <laughs> writing candidate. No. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, go to your website, which is Kirsten for Kirsten again. for House. Kirsten number four house dot com. Michael Howard dot com. And I'm Jamar Nelson. I'm Patwin Lawrence. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you. Thank you, Stan, and thank the whole rest of the crew. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and Yaha Radio. Bye. Bye.